Welcome to episode 153 of the Codex Prime podcast for Wednesday, February 13th, 2019. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Berg. Boom. That's right. Codex Prime, baby. We are back once again. Another week is here. Um, before we get started, big shouts to the UWO. Yes. Yes. Check out their first ever live episode tonight, 10 p.m. on Facebook Live. Um, if you're not familiar with the UWO, three local cats, uh, Eddie Ortiz, Brian Lopes, and the most diabolical hater this side of the Mississippi, Kyle Chapman, talking about wrestling, uh, burials, get your shovels out. Oh, it's burying time, baby. So check it out. 10 p.m. Don't miss it. The, mo- the most diabolical hater this side of the Mississippi, Kyle Chapman. Yes. The angry fan, Eddie Ortiz. That's right. Tell and last but not least, the philosoph Fickle. Fickle. <laughs> Brian Lopes. You can't help but laugh at that. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> I freaking love it, man. I love those guys. I love those guys. I can't wait to watch them and talk some shit on their show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of wrestling, you know, we're going to get into some some wrestle talk of our own just a little bit. Little bit. Uh, we're going to be talking about the NXT live event that we attended uh, this past Sunday at the Ryan Center, URI. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I'll talk a bit about talk a little bit about SmackDown, uh, some brief thoughts on that, as well as uh, my Legends Ball tournament from Fire Pro Wrestling World, which I'm posting on the Codex Prime YouTube as well. Uh, Before we get into the proceedings, let's take a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor, Studio Regent Headphones. Yes. That's right. Uh, Collapsible design, Bluetooth capable, 24-hour battery life, studio quality sound, and very fashionable to boot. If you're in the market for some high-quality headphones at a very good price, be sure to head on over to studio.com. Type in Codex Podcast to get 15% off of your order. And as always, free shipping in the USA. You took my line, but that's okay. You took mine. <laughs> you go ahead and start. And not, you just go ahead and take mine. Like, what am I supposed to do? Well, share the episode while well, I... Yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> while I, uh, you know, you know, while you bask in my glory. That's, that's right. Hashtag Keith Lee. You said that. <laughs> you, you really said that. I did. Uh, yes, and also uh, we are on YouTube Live, so the chat is on and popping. So uh, be sure to come in, drop a comment or two as we as you watch us. Just you know, chat it up here. Um, and while you're while you're uh, sharing the episode, Carl, I'll talk a little bit about what I've been up to uh, this past week. Um, I got a new movie review for y'all. Uh, this one is on Netflix. Uh, it just came out this past Friday, and it's the latest movie directed by Steven Soderbergh. It's called High Flying Bird. And this, I resent that. Uh, why, do you, why do you resent that? Bird. Well, it's, it's a bird with an I. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, never mind. I'll take it back. It's, yes. That's, that, that's been a habit of mine since I was a kid. Um, if I see somebody with bird, I'm just like, oh. Oh, yes. Uh, pineapples on pizza. People really do this. Yes, Kyle. People really do, do do that. But you know what? People make something much better. 
What's the, no? Yeah, no. Fast food lasagna. That's disgusting. They, you don't don't knock it till you try it. I will never try that. You should. That's idiocracy. Ma- food. No, it is not. No, it's not. It's it's what you call an experience. As a matter of fact, your girlfriend's vegan, right? Yes. Did you show her? Yes. And what did she say? She was thoroughly disgusted. She was like, "How? How could they subject themselves to food like this?" Easy. You just go having fun and trying new shit. I don't know, man. Fun. I don't know, man. Fam Squad cuisines aren't my thing, but uh, don't you start. Don't you lie on yourself. <laughs> don't what? do that. Pig what roast. The, the pig roast. Oh man, we haven't had a pig roast in about what? I know. Three years. Three, yeah, yeah. Possibly longer. Maybe three, four years. Maybe. Man, because that man. Go but, ahead. Come on, come on, come on, Mister Vegan. Listen. Say it. Say it. Say the, it with your chest. The pig. Say with your chest. It's delicious. The pig is delicious. Pork. But, but yeah, too much of it. But oh, That stuff used to last me for like a couple of days. And I did not complain at all. And I worked with a shit ton of vegans. I was just like, what's up? <laughs> well, that's, that's, proper, that's properly prepared pork. Not that fast food swill. I was uh, properly prepared. Fast food. Fast food is just some stuff they fish out of a freezer that's been sitting in there for a week. Okay, and then it was it was cooked over time. Mm-hmm. But filled with trans fats and GMOs and high fructose corn syrup and God knows what else. Puts hair in your chest. <laughs> and shortens your lifespan to boot. Uh, Die young, leave a beautiful corpse. It's just Americans. But yes, Eddie Ortiz is on American the chat. Too. Shut up. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? And no, that's not good eating. But yes, let's get to my review of uh, High Flying Bird on Netflix. Uh, like I said, the latest movie by Steven Soderbergh, uh, written by Terrell Alvin McCraney, who was the uh, co-writer of Moonlight, the Oscar-winning film. Um, this film stars Andre Holland, uh, Zazie Beetz, uh, Melvin Gregg, uh, Sonia Sohn, Sonja Sohn, and Zachary Quinto, and of course, the legendary Bill Duke. You know you done fucked up, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like Zazie Beats. She won me over. She won me over with um, Domino. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you still seen it, Atlanta? Yeah, I still have not yet to see that. Yeah, she's really good in that too. I, got, I still gotta like renew my uh, Hulu and Netflix subscription. They still got my old credit card information, and since I got a new one, I just haven't got a chance to renew it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, High Flying Bird, uh, this movie uh, stars Andre Holland as Ray Burke, who is a sports agent. He's struggling to stay afloat during an NBA lockout. And so but that means that if the players don't get paid, then Ray doesn't get paid. Uh, and making things more complicated is that Ray, Ray's newest client is the number one pick of the NBA draft. Uh, it's this kid named uh, Eric, uh, Mel- Melvin Gregg, played by Eric Scott, who's this young, hungry up-and-coming rookie like he's excited he's he's just signed with the nba he's the number one draft pick but since since the nba is going through a lockout he can't play he can't get paid and he's he ran into some money trouble because he took out a really crappy and shady loan so he's trying to find trying to fight his way out from under as well and so the game so the the film high flying bird it's all about the game behind the game of basketball and so the film, what's really cool is that it's uh, interspersed with like brief interviews of like real, uh, real NBA rookies, real life NBA rookies talking about their experiences being drafted for the first time and their initial excitement and their huge dreams and expectations about to become true, 
and also the various roadblocks that they encounter uh, because they weren't really prepared for some of the more behind-the-scenes financial business aspects of the game. And as it turns out, you know, it, 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 it turns out it ties into the overall theme of the film, High Flying Bird, where it explores the commodification of these young, gifted black athletes um, and how their elite athletic skills did bring them to the big dance. But as it turns out, you got to be just as good, if not better, behind the scenes uh, more uh, as you are on the court. Because, you know, uh, business owners, they're going to take a big chunk of you. And uh, next thing you know, you're making millions of dollars. But then you're still going to be probably living in your mom's basement if you don't manage your money right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what's really cool about the film is that Andre Holland, uh, he plays uh, um, his the main character. He's this guy who's always crafting, always scheming. Um, he's always trying to find a way to 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 carve his own angle of uh, to make extra money uh, despite the lockout. Um, also, uh, the film kind of explores many other issues of being a, a young athlete um, and trying to, you know, navigate the shady business angles of it. Uh, social media does play a big role uh, in the themes of the film. So there's a scene where um, where uh, Melvin Gregg uh, has a has an encounter with his uh, fellow teammate, who's also a high-profile uh, rookie. And, um, you know, he's basically a mama's boy. Uh, his, uh, uh, Melvin Gregg's uh, teammate is this mama's boy who's, like, uh, you know, managed by his own mother. Uh, his mother is this holy, was one of those holy rollers, talking about, oh, I'm sanctified, I'm saved, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm in the world but not of the world and, and very judgmental and all this. And so, you know, they kind of have like a little uh, tit for tat on this local basketball court in this gym or all these high school, these all these young kids, rather, they're taking out their phones, they're filming them just like going at it and just having a one on one game. And then it turns out that they almost get in trouble for having that one on one game because, you know, if the NBA isn't making money off of off of you at all times, if you have an unsanctioned one on one game off the court, then you get in a lot of hot water. So, like, let's say, like, for example, like, Steph Curry and LeBron James. Like, say, like, they just have, like, a random one-on-one -on -one pickup game in some local basketball court in Providence somewhere. I don't know. I don't know why. And then you have, like, the neighborhood, you know, neighborhood cast just coming out there like, oh, shit, look, there's, there's Steph Curry, there's, Le there's LeBron. Oh, let's whip out our smartphones, film it, put it on social media and all that. It's cool, but LeBron and, and Steph, they're going to get in mad hot water because the NBA ain't making money off that. It's not a sanctioned event. Mm -hmm. So first of all, that would I would be happy if that would ha if that was to happen. Steph Curry and LeBron James have a pickup game yeah. right in like the West End at Buckland. Yeah, that is so good for the community. That would be, yeah, it would be. And and hey, nobody would complain. Well, except the owners, because it's like, well, damn it, we're not making money off this shit. <laughs> you've, been to, you've been listening to Bruce Pritchard, huh? You picked up a Vince McMahon <laughs> impersonation. <laughs> well, God damn it, pal. Anyway. Yeah. Oh man. But um. But yeah. And what's cool is that uh. What's interesting is that um. Even even down to the shit talking that players have like on on Twitter or social media, even that's kind of engineered. Because there's a scene where Zazie Beats, who plays uh, uh, Ray Burke's assistant, um, she's talking with uh, Melvin, and he's talking about, oh man, this other player, he's talking about, yo, he's this and that, yo, he's talking mad shit about my skills. I'm better than him. That's why I'm the number one draft pick. And so what? What does Zazie Beats Zazie Beats's character do? Takes his phone. Uh, posts everything he just said on his Twitter. He's like, "Yo, what are you doing?" He said, "Hey, you saying you're the man, right? Well, let the fans let the fans know what you think." 
and it kind of ties into the whole social media image and all this. Um, also, what's cool is that um, there were some other notable uh, roles in the film. Uh, Sonja Sohn's character, she, pl- she plays a, a union rep for the NBA Players Association. Uh, Zachary Quinto plays Ray's boss. Um, Bill Duke, the legend, uh, he plays a local basketball co- coach who interestingly has one rule about making references about black folks and slavery and commodification. So if you were... Yeah, so like if you if you were if you were to, if you were like talking to him, talking with him like casual conversation, and if you said and if you go if you go like, man, yo, man, at work, you know, my boss has me working like a slave. Bill Duke will look at you like, oh, you 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 know the rule, you know the, what do you, what do you got to say, and then then you got to go. Oh, I love the Lord and all His black people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I, yeah. I don't know why I find that funny, <laughs> but I just do. Yeah, it was pretty funny because like because Bill Duke's character was so serious. Like anytime any character made a, a passing reference about slavery or or black folks being sold in any way, you had to he, he had to be like, yep. No matter what the conversation was, like, no, wait, uh, uh-uh. you got to say the say the words. I love the Lord and all His black people. <laughs> uh, also, the the film, just like uh, Steven Soderbergh's previous film, Unsane, which came out last year, this film was shot entirely on an iPhone eight. Um, equipped with a wide-angle lens, so it looks mad clean. Really? Yeah. This is on Netflix. Yep, it's on Netflix. Just came out last Friday, and yo, it's it looks clean. So, um, so for all you cats out there, you know, if you really want to shoot a movie, whether it's feature length, short film, guess what? You have the tools. You'll make something. Doesn't have to be good. Just make the the experience is what's worth it. Just make something. Uh, so yeah, high flying bird. It's on Netflix. If you're if you're uh, interested in uh, in in learning about the game behind the game of basketball and some great acting and writing, check it out, man. It's it's dope. Mm, that's just I see here. Caleb McLaughlin's in it. Yep, she's in it. He, she's in oh, it. Oh, oh, Caleb McLaughlin, who plays oh, yes. um Lucas in Stranger Things. Yep, and he played Ricky Bell in the you know, young Ricky Bell in the New Edition movie. Ah, yep, yep, yeah. So yeah, some notable faces in there. So yeah, check it out. High Flying Bird. It's available now on Netflix. Get babysitting. Oh, just like a just like a little cameo. And they, like they have Sports Center on in the background sometimes. Shout out to you for freaking knowing who Skip Bayless is. Of course. You know, I you know, I I mean, I, in my in my research to do some effective trolling when your cowboys, you know, inevitably lose, I got to find out who some of these some of these peeps are, you know, the you know, Skip Bayless and uh uh, what Shannon Sharp? Shannon Thop. Shannon Thop. Skip. Yeah. Skip. <laughs> Skip. Yes, and of course, you know the number one baby face, except for Cowboys fans, Stephen A. Smith. I mean, you know, you know him well. You know him very well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. And Skip is on Fox. On Fox. Okay. Yeah, he's on FS. Skip and Shannon are on FS1. He used to be on ESPN. Ah, okay. Cool. Good to know. Good to know. So yeah. Uh, yeah, besides that, uh, well, I have a, a real quick, um, I have a uh, still playing Fire Pro Wrestling World, and I'm posting on the Codex Prime uh, YouTube channel, I'm posting uh, episodes from my uh, Legends Ball Tournament. So I, fo- I posted the first two episodes, so essentially uh, that's from Fire Pro Wrestling World on the PS4, and I'm having the computer simulate a 32-man tournament featuring uh, wrestling legends from the past. 
Um, you can watch the first two episodes now, the first half of the first round. Um, I'll, eventually, I'll be uploading all seven or eight episodes. So by mid-March, it, everything will be done. Um, I, I have already uh, uploaded all the videos on my computer, so I know who won. Um, you'll be in, you know, no spoilers. Um, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll, I'll run down the, the list of names real quick that you can find in this tournament. Let's see. Uh, you can find some such legendary names as the Great Muda, mm. Jushin Thunder Liger, okay, Stone Cold Steve Austin, all right, Brian Pillman, all right, Shawn Michaels, okay, The Rock, all right, Big Van Vader, okay, respect, The, the Undertaker, oh, the God amongst men, yeah, the God of, <laughs> sh- sh- shut your face, uh, until 2010, 2010. Uh, Sting, okay, another God amongst men, the other one, right, right. Bret Hart. All right. Owen. Owen Hart. Goat. Mm. Yep, another goat. Eddie Guerrero. Goat. Mr. Perfect. Goat. Booker T. He gets his respect. Yeah. He gets his respect. He's the only one that, listening to um, Bruce Pritchard, he was the only one that they really wanted to get from WCW when they bought it. Oh, wow. I I was like, all right, well, you know, let's... Let's run through the roster real quick and see what we can do, see who we want and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then and then Conrad was like, so what did you really got? So what did you guys really like get? Because you know you got hard assets, uh, the library and talent. Yeah. So he goes, All right, what he's like, what out of the hard assets, what you got? What did you guys really keep? You got rings. <laughs> yeah. You got wow. rings. Wow. Just, <laughs> they took a couple of production stuff, but it's like they really did not want not a damn thing. Damn, man. WCW has done so dirty. Uh, let's see. Mick Foley. Okay. No, he, he earns my respect. Yep. Uh, Terry Funk. Respect. Legend. Macho Man Randy Savage. Goat. Ric Flair. Goat. Ravishing Rick Rude. Goat. Diamond Dallas Page. I respect the hell out of that man. He's not one day I did meet him at last year's Comic Con. I didn't get like an autograph or something. He gave me a business card for DDP Yoga. Nice. He's tall as fuck. He is. I never realized how tall he really was. He's like six foot six. six foot he, five. Yeah, he's got to be up there. Like he is. Yeah. Yep. Rick Flair is the one true goat. I agree. Well, we can discuss it. You know what? I would like to go on the UWO podcast live. Mm-hmm. And discuss that, Mr. Chapman. Yes. Uh, let's see who else. Jake the Snake Roberts. Respect. Yeah. There, there's respect. Oh yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow. Respect. Dusty Rhodes. Go. Big Boss Man. Respect. Jerry Lawler. Respect. Ricky Steamboat. Go. Roddy Piper. Respect. Ted DiBiase. Respect. Iron Sheik. He's a character. Oh yeah, he's a character. This this gotta. I know somebody put it put it on YouTube of him like spazzing out on Ultimate Warrior at like a convention or some shit. Like he lost his shit. It was actually rather funny. Yeah. Mostly all you heard was swearing. Uh, you are no good motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Make you humble. Oh yes, and we got three more names: mm-hmm. Bob Backlund, respect, Arn Anderson. Respect. And High respect. High respect. Oh, yeah. The Enforcer, double A, and Ultimate Warrior. Okay. As a kid, 
and up to 98, loved him. But then when I really started learning about him, I'm like, okay, yeah, this guy is, this guy is something different. Yeah. But I guess, you know, if, if they can let bygones be bygones, then, you know, I guess. Yeah. I'm willing to bet he would have been a Trump supporter. But that's oh. neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, those are the 32 names. Uh, you can catch uh, episodes one and two of the Fire Pro Wrestling World Legends Ball Tournament on the Codex Prime channel. Episodes three and four will be uploaded on Saturday. Um, also, yes, uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World is also available on the PC. Okay. And um, comment your votes. Yes. Who would you like to see? Who would you like to see? As a matter of fact, I'll probably make a bit, I'll make an Instagram post out of that. Okay. That's what's up. All right. Yeah. Shoot a quick video and then I'll just read the, I'll just write down the whole comment, the whole roster, and just have everybody comment. Who would they like to see win the tournament? Nice. Word up. It's cool. And plus I have a couple ideas for some other tournaments in the future for Fire Pro. Yep. So Word. yeah. So yeah, be on the lookout for those. And, uh, yeah, it's about it on my end. Really? Well, we do have uh, one more uh, thing, because I was waiting uh, uh, on, on your things. But uh, this past Sunday... We... Oh, the NXT Live? Okay, we'll, yes. we'll yeah, get that, because I want to add my two cents on that, too. Yeah. But, um, uh, okay. All right, but that's it on your end? Um, oh, real quick, Resident Evil 2. Um, I successfully completed a speed run on normal, so I beat the game in... Uh, two hours and 45 minutes. What the fuck? Yep, just so I can get the Samurai Edge Infinite Ammo Pistol. Yeah. What the fuck? Hey. That fast? Yeah. Yeah, trust me. Like, if you know if you know where to go and what you're doing, you can get it done in that time. Okay, because I noticed uh, I've been replay. I've been, um, yeah, in my, fo- in my four in February's, which I'll give an update to, update for in a bit, but, like, I've noticed, like, I've been running through the games pretty fast, you know, much faster. Yeah. Because I know where I because I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, I guess it's up to me what the hell I've been up to. Yep. All right. Well, uh I actually had a pretty busy weekend. Mm-hmm. Like a little too damn busy. I was like, "Ah, jeez, my goodness." Like I was t- I'm still tired. Oh, wow. So, um first of all, I'm going to start off on spry on um Saturday, I went up to uh, Friendly Neighborhood Comics to meet uh, NXT Women's Wrestle, former Women's Champion Kyrie Sane. Word, sweet little, sweet girl, cute little thing. So, and she was, of course, I had to make a thirst, thirst comment to piss you off. And she was autographing, which is these copy. Well, each person got two of each, and it's a copy of the uh, NXT Takeover. Um, the blueprint issue with her on the cover. Um, here you go. You can take a look at those. Oh, sweet. I know where you live, so if you try to steal one, I'm beating your ass. Yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> All right. It's cool. But yeah, it's produced. Yeah, it is a nice cover. Produced by Boom Studios. was written by Dennis Hopeless and art by um, Jake Elphick. And the cover art that you see there is actually done by Audrey Mock. Okay, it's at in um I like it. It was a fitting tribute it was a fitting tribute to Dusty Rose as it showed his involvement in the early days of NXT. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it would um a little over exaggerated but it showed like um you know highlighted it, it um 
just basically highlights him scouting Thailand to say, hey, I was once the American dream, but now I'm focusing on the future of the WWE, the future of this business. Yeah. And over here, there, there you see, um, you know, some of the guys that, you, that they featured in the... Uh, in the comic, it starts out with the Usos, where it's like, uh, I want to say it was, J yeah, it was Jimmy going off the top rope to finish the match. And he's like, Jay, what are you doing? You're just sitting there, like, scratching your ass while, you know, your brother just won the match. You're in a tag team match. You're both supposed to, you got to do something so to show that you both won this match instead of just Jimmy winning the match. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. I mean, oh, and then the way, um, the way Dennis Hopeless read it, wrote it. I swear I was reading it in Dusty Rhodes' voice. <laughs> oh, so it's narrated from his perspective. Exactly. From nice. his perspective, like it was in right in his in his lingo. Had a ball with it. Nice. We need an MK eleven tournament tourney when it comes up when it comes out. We got our, we already got an MK eleven challenge going on, so that'll be good. That's gonna be fun. But yeah, so but it also it features the Uso, Seth Rollins, um, Number 14 himself, Jinder Mahal. <laughs> Modern day Maharaja. And then, um, oh yeah, Paige, etc. So, um, that was a fun, that, you know, that was a fun time. It was highly, un uh, very organized. Like, they had Alexa Bliss before, the, like, the last time. And the line basically went out the door. And WWE signings, they only do for two, they only do their signings for two hours. Oh wow! So you kind of have to get there early to get a spot, which is cool. Is people just letting us cut? Oh what? Like nice. when we first got there, it's like you pay twenty bucks. You like, all right, this is guaranteed. You get a wristband. Da, da, da. You sign up for a raffle for the with the wristband. I actually end up winning like a twenty dollar coupon to a pizza place nearby. Oh sweet! Yeah, pizza's pizza. Yeah. Wait, no, it's not. It is pizza. No, it's not. Well, not just any pizza, Hawaiian. Pizza. I will never wait. I won't even waste a free coupon on that shit. Haters. But then again, what taste do you have? You eat fast food lasagna. Shit is the as the food of God. Oh, speaking of fast food lasagna. Yeah. So Furman, who made the lasagna, mm -hmm. hit us up and he hit me up and he says, "Yo, thanks for shouting out the lasagna on the podcast." I'm like, "Yo, anytime." Oh, and um. Tell tell Victor's hating ass that he can roll up a full a full size Hawaiian pizza mm -hmm. and simply shove it up your ass. Okay, duly noted. Yeah, people are like ingesting anally nowadays, so I mean, <laughs> uh, clog your arteries, man. Oh, stop! You'll be fine. You're doing the same thing with pineapple pizza. I'm gonna stop. No, I don't even have pineapple pizza that often. But shouldn't be happening. Shouldn't be having it at all. But I will say, Dave's Marketplace—that's the best Hawaiian pizza I've ever had. The bacon bits is what set it off. Listen, we don't need to go into that thing. We don't need to go in that. Go into that again. We already know like what's the truth. But anyway, so um, for this comic, very good. You know, very cool comic. If you if you're a wrestling fan who loves comics, get it. If you're a comic book fan who loves wrestling, get it. Yeah. So also while I was there, which was so awful because I was like a kid in a candy store, mm -hmm. and I I was like I spent money that I shouldn't have been spending. Excuse me. Right. So I ended up picking up because I was like, I was looking for this one for a while. The Undertaker's Rise of the Dead Man trade trade paperback. 
Okay. All right. This was actually a really fun read. It was written by Chad Dundas. Chad Dundas. Um, art by Rodrigo Lorenzo, Wesley Manuel, and uh, the chapter the chapter three art was by Edu Medina and Serge Serge Acuna, and the chapter four art was done by Kelly Williams, Travis Highmill, and Tim Caddy, and Kendall Good, and Serge Acuna as well. Nice little fun read. Gives a little backstory of the Undertaker, like not you know the Martin, you know not the me Mark. Um, the me Mark story, but right. they, they, you know the fictional story as told by the Undertaker, mm-hmm. and it's actually so funny because when they rel- when they showed his childhood, they never said like his name. Oh, okay. Like when he was talking with his parents or Paul Bearer and stuff, even though he's like they show him as a teenager with Paul Bearer, mm-hmm. he was simply referred to as. Boy. <laughs> you saw it, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, yeah, but Kane had Kane had his name. Of course. <laughs> Everybody else had their names. But Undertaker was just boy, but I mean they're not gonna call him Mark. Yeah. yeah. But um another fun read is actually yeah, it tells the story of the Undertaker covers his family origin, his relationship with Paul Bearer is very on and off again. Like basically Paul Bearer was like a little just a little con artist. Mm. And then it and then um his shows various opponents and match highlights. A little bit of a perfectionist in me. I'm like, okay, the the story's kinda off a little bit. It's like mankind first comes in, but yeah, he has the shirt, the beat up the um the tattered uh, shirt and t- um, shirt and tie. Yeah, the I'm referee. like that wasn't in '96. I didn't come in around until '98. Yeah, that's right. late '98. At no, yeah, it was '98. Yeah, it was '98. Like, yeah, because uh, King of the Ring. No, King of the Ring '98 was the Hell in a Cell. Yeah, he was wearing that by then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so '98. So yeah, early yeah early '98. Early ninety eight, yeah, he was wearing that little stuff. Mm, Kratos is gonna sue somebody. <laughs> There's a God of War comic, actually. Oh, the, yeah, it's like sure. a four part series. Okay, is that by Titan Comics? Because they usually make they usually make a lot of the video game adaptations. No, I don't think it's Titan though. No? Okay, I think it's like Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Okay, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I know. I want to say Dark Horse. I looked at it earlier today. So I may just get that if I can find it, but um, yeah, it was a it was definitely a fun read. But it's like, but the art because there's so many different art styles. By the time you hit like chapter four, it's just a whole different art style. Mm-hmm. So it kind of throws me off a bit. But the story was still like consistent, still still you know, yeah, still stayed on track. So I mean, it's definitely a fun read. So just like the NXT comics, if you're a wrestling fan who loves comics get it if you're a comic book fan who loves wrestling get it mm-hmm. nice. so more on the comics and the return of the boondocks comic strips by aaron magruder oh it's back it's it's back it came back as of february 5th actually Charlemagne the god he actually posted the new strips on um february 5th and they're still just as funny just in like it still touches on today's subject. It's like still it's still relevant. It's like they never left. So they touched on like you know Trump's presidency, um, the R. Kelly situation. That shit was funny. Oh boy. Yeah, it was just granddad listening to the radio and he goes, "It's the remix of Ignition Hopper." He's like, "We ain't gonna listen to none of that." 
Mm-hmm. We're gonna listen to an artist with some, you know, with some class. Mm-hmm. It's somebody who's scandal free. Okay. Cause this is thriller. Oh, <laughs> I'm no. like, oh my god, <laughs> like. I mean, it was very like it took a shot, but it was still hilarious. It was just done in Boondocks fashion. Oh my god, Uncle Ruckus is still in there, and oh, oh my god, Uncle Ruckus is just as bad. I bet. It's it, it just as bad as he ever was. Oh, man. Especially now the fact that freaking Trump's in the office. Oh, man. You, you got to read him right now. I mean, you can find that. You can probably just Google him and find him. But um, those first few, those first few, they're on um, Charlemagne's Instagram, which is at Sea to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Hilarious. Hilarious! Hey, Huey and Riley, of course. So I'm looking for, and um, Aaron Magruder said he's gonna do more. It's just that right now he's trying to get his Instagram going, so they'll be on his soon. But right now, those first few are on S E the God C T H A G O D. So you can find those on Instagram. Oh, still hilarious! I'm like, yes, this is what I need. And it just so happens in the article I found where you find them, they just happen to pull the. The Riley Freeman speech, yeah, the Huey Freeman speech about from the R. Kelly episode. Yeah, yep. Because and I'm just like, how is that still? This was that was like ten years ago, yeah. maybe even more. Like eleven years ago, actually. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like it's even it's more relevant now. Yeah. <laughs> than it was than it was back in the day. Like I would have loved to seen a Boondocks episode about. You know, with Trump in office and everything. Mm-hmm. As long as Aaron Magruder is involved. Yeah. First three seasons, perfect. Fourth season, I don't even consider, like, I don't even like to count the fourth. Yeah, me neither. Like, I, I, I watched two episodes of season four, and I was like, nope, done. That I watched the whole thing. That whole entire season mm-hmm. yes. had one funny joke. Jeez. I knew it was bad for after the two that I watched, but damn, just one? One funny joke. And I think it was like in the first two episodes. <laughs> well. He's like, you need to get some. There's a, there's actually some harder, shorter, but yeah, harder working working versions of Mexicans. Hmm. I believe they're called Guatemalans. And I'm like, you know, hmm. tasteless humor, shit was hilarious. Yeah. But the rest of the episode, done. And Kyle says, um, where you go? Uncle Ruckus, aka Jason Whitlock. Just Google. <laughs> I don't know if you know who Jason Whitlock is. Uh, I've I've seen a video of him actually. Yeah, and I'm like, yep, sunken place all the mm-hmm. way. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my God, watch that. Yeah, just get a hold of those com- get a hold of those comic strips if you can, because they say Aaron Magruder still got it. Yeah, dude's a genius. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's he's a he's a sharp dude, man. Fucking Cartoon Network. Oh, they messed that. They dropped the ball on that one. They really did. They won this. So yeah, I'm gonna give a quick uh, update on my four in February. Okay. So unfortunately, as I was playing Nat Two, there was a glitch in the game. Oh. And in order to get past that glitch, I had to start the game completely over. Damn. And I came way too far to do all that. Yeah. So I said, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Scrapped it. I started my third. I ended up starting um, Mortal Kombat X. Okay. You know, for one to get me reacquainted with um, 
with the Mortal Kombat franchise when that comes out. Mm-hmm. And now I'm working on Spider-Man. Just the main story, though. Okay. Yeah. I, I ain't got that much time to do the entire, do all that and the DLCs 100% of it again. And plus, it'll make me want to play it more yeah. later on. And so my fourth game replacement is actually going to be Detroit Become Human. Okay. Okay, because the last time I beat it, I made a bunch of horrible decisions <laughs> and everybody died. Well, damn. I at least want to see everybody live. Mm-hmm. I want them to make it to Canada just so they can be free. Okay. That's, 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 the whole, that's the whole thing? Pretty much. Okay. You know, want revolution to come out. Want them to find revolution and just be free. Okay. Yeah. You know, and it was a fun game to play. So shout out to Kyle for putting me out, for urging me to get that, especially when I found it for 20 bucks. I was like, yep, sold. Yeah. Hey, there you go. So then, also, that was fucking busy as hell this weekend. Oh, damn. Saturday, also, I, um... I actually DJ'd my cousin Sean. Shout out to my cousin Sean. He had a uh, they had a benefit for him, a benefit for him because recently his um his home caught on fire, so him and his family lost a lot. So oh. we were able to raise up, you know, raise a lot of money, and you know there was good food, good people, family, and I actually had the privilege of DJing with you know friend of the show, um. A, friend of mine, uh, Justin Case, mm-hmm. and uh, legendary local DJ, uh, Chop Stewie, okay. who ended up giving me you know, giving me a nice little endorsement, too. So big shout-outs to him. And up. also, I got, end up, I got an endorsement for who I'm still voting for him again, future mayor of Providence, Kobe Dennis. Right on. You know, he was there, and then he put up a status calling me a legendary DJ, and I'm like, ain't this a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I'll take it. I'll claim it. Why not? So yeah, it was you know it was fun to do it was fun to do all that. Spoiler advice. Mm, I'll get back to you on that. I'll get back to you on spoiler advice. But um, so yeah, that was pretty much my busy ass Saturday. Okay. God damn, that was a lot. That is a lot, jam packed. <laughs> it was. So then also I end up um this weekend I end up catching the uh, WWE twenty four um documentary on WrestleMania thirty four in New Orleans. Okay. Now, there's only one thing that just came up. Now, this clip made viral. Mm-hmm. And this clip went viral. It was Brock, after Brock's match with with uh, Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. Brock literally just throws the universal title at Vince. Oh, I saw that. And Vince calls him an asshole right after that. Oh, yeah. Hey, asshole. No, he's just, asshole. <laughs> it sounded like Chris, it reminded me of Chris Rock when he said it. And, um... Mm-hmm. I think it was like longest yard or something. And damn, like there's no backstory to that. I mean, obviously they must be good now because he's still there. Yeah. The champ. Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. Yep. Oh, Brock just literally got Vince by the balls like that. But I'm like, nothing happened about nothing happened from that. Yeah, I mean, Cause like, cause everyone knows. I mean, Vince especially knows that Brock doesn't give a shit about WWE Pretty or, much. or the business. So he's like, "Well, what am I, what am I gonna do?" Last motherfucker. If it wasn't for the <laughs> WWE, there'd be no Brock Lesnar. True. Very he true. Needs re- he needs to remember that. Yeah. But um, speaking of which, goes going back to your four in February. Yeah. What's your update? Uh, well, I. I'm on the uh, uh B scenarios of Resident Evil Two. 
So I beat the first two with Leon and Claire. And then I'm on uh, the B scenario with Claire. So playing the game from her perspective, but instead of going through um, the A scenario, where it's pretty much the same, Ghost has like the same beats and whatnot. B is different. So like Claire enters the police station from like the graveyard side and you see everything from her perspective. And it's and it's actually tougher too. Um, some of the items are actually shifted around. Um, I'm still going to beat that and Leon's B scenario so I can completely beat the game. Uh, no, you don't have to 100% it. I know, but I want to. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to knock you for it. I'm like, you know that all counts as one game, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, know, I do. You really think you can do three more games by the end of the month? Yeah, I'll try. I mean, that's all I ask, really, but... Yeah, I'll try. I mean, I, I do have Resident Evil 4 and 7 and 5 on deck. Yeah. Four, you pro- I can see you probably beating in two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Because I play that game so many times. <laughs> Seven. I give it a week. Yeah. I'll play that on easy mode. And then you said five, right? Yeah. Five, I'd say. La- five is going to be crunch time. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll procrastinate on that one. I can pro- I can see you. Five is going to be crunch time, and you probably end up finishing that by like 10 o'clock on February 28th. Yeah, pretty much. I can see that. I can see that happening. Cause Unless like, we do, wait, when does February 28th fall on? I think that's on a, well, I can pull up the calendar right now. It is on a Thursday. Oh, okay. So you probably like just make it. Yeah. Okay, oh, that's impressive. Like I said, I can do I can do Detroit pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider Man, I think that's gonna take up a chunk of my time. That knack two glitch just really sent me back. Yeah, that hurt. That actually hurt. Like I was just stuck, and I just I'm like, there's I'm like, the only way I can really do it is just resetting. Yeah. But I know um, Kyle allegedly. Mm-hmm. Beat it. Okay. Picks or it didn't happen. You got to post the end credits. You got to post the end credits on your social medias or it didn't happen. Um, Brian, uh, Brian Lucia actually like sent videos of him beating Punch-Out. Okay. I still haven't beat Punch-Out to this day. And Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I haven't beaten it either. He literally <laughs> said... He sent me every video of him, as, like, of him playing it. And he... He legitimately beat it. Yeah, it's one that, of the, one of the toughest NES games out there. Yeah, I think he tried. No, somebody was looking for Battletoads and he couldn't do it. I hate Battletoads, man. You didn't like Battletoads? Uh, it's a game that it didn't age well for me, especially that third level with the <laughs> with the bike. No, actually, you know, I I did beat Battletoads out of spite, and I used the game Genie. Yes, and I am proud of saying that I used the game Genie to beat Battletoads. Hey, Carl, if I can knock everyone out in Punch Roll, he can definitely 100% in Resident Evil. <laughs> I'm not doubting that whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Like, I have no doubts of that whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. But um, that's pretty much it from what we got from where we're up to uh, the events of uh, late Sunday afternoon. Yep. Up until oh yeah, up until then. Uh yes. Uh we can finally get into NXT live. 
Yes, uh, NXT Live. We we uh, attended that. That was on Sunday at the Ryan Center at URI. Uh, eight matches on the card. It, it was a fun show. Uh, we big shout outs to uh, Ed Stravato. Ed Stravato, yeah. Uh, God, sweet. Yep. A sweet, s- sweet. So a sweet, sweet at the Ryan Center. Um, so um, and what's what's cool about the Ryan Center is that every seat is good because it's, it's a it's a small arena. Yeah. Uh, so it, so everyone had a good time. Um, I did especially. I went in there. I bought my first ever wrestling T-shirt. That's your first ever? Yeah. I, I just never got into buying wrestling shirts. Uh, but I decided, you know what? I'm going to buy the Velveteen Dream one. And Why? I did. Because I bought, you saw me buying this, shot, this sweet Undisputed Era shirt. Boom. Yeah. Shocked the system. <laughs> Indeed. Boom. And then you just like, all right, got it. You saw how happy I was. You said, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I, I pretty much. So I bought a Velveteen Dream shirt. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was eight matches on the card. Uh, we can run through them. Um, first opening match, uh, Matt Riddle, bro. Bro. Yep, versus Dominic Dijakovic. Thank Sup? you. I had to. <laughs> you had trouble pronouncing Dijakovic? Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, though, solid match. Solid opener. Uh, Matt Riddle is over like Rover. Uh, Dijakovic has tons of potential to be a bit, uh, pretty uh, significant star on NXT, I'd say. Um, Matt Riddle, I think he won with the Bro Mission. Yeah. Uh, yep. So a solid opener. Uh, Dijakovic got some cheers from the crowd. Uh, we followed that up with a tag team match, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel versus Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch. Oni Lorkin, formerly uh, the uh, Biff Busick, local local dude from uh, Boston. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm I'm pretty sure I've seen Biff Busick before in Andes. Yeah, you like him? I'm trying to think. So, I think I actually worked with him. Yeah, I have to see. We have to see him again because I'm pretty sure I think I worked with him at a Terry Taylor um training seminar I went to. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me yeah, let me know if uh if you can confirm. Yeah. But yeah, uh they're definitely a cool tag team match. Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch, um uh one two. Uh they they def they're definitely getting over with the crowd. Um they they had some solid showings as a tag team. I would like to see them uh, hold the NXT tag team titles at some point because I think they're they're a, a solid workman like team, rough house, no nonsense. Nope, wasn't him. No, not him? Okay. And uh and yeah. Uh, also, the th- we had the third match, which, in my opinion, unfortunately, was the weakest match of the night. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo versus Bianca Belair. Uh, this match, you know, it just didn't do it for me. It didn't put any toot in my horn. But I felt I felt Bianca's um, finisher wasn't impactful. Yeah, like I didn't get like I didn't feel I didn't necess- I didn't necessarily feel that bump. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I like I don't know. It, it was hard to tell who botched it because like um, her, the Bianca Belair's finisher is the KOD. Cool name, by the way. The J. Cole reference. I wonder what it stands for for in Bianca Belair's Belair, Belair's case. But uh, Bianca Belair is essentially she puts um, her opponent in a torture rack, and it's like a reverse atti- attitude adjustment where she just like dumps her dumps her opponent face first. But the way uh, Diana Perazzo landed, she landed on her knees first and then she like uh flattened out on the mat so it kind of looked soft and bianca Belair, the way she applied the move it kind of looked like she just kind of like dumped her 
So we c- you couldn't tell if they both botched it or if like the landing was bad or, but the match itself kind of was like, eh, it, it wasn't nothing to write home about. Um, I, I did notice there were a few uh, fans in the Ryan Center chanting overrated, uh, I guess, in, I guess towards Bianca Belair, uh, which isn't fair because Bianca Belair, I mean, yeah, she's a homegrown from NXT, but she has so much potential and and uh, if you watch uh, last month's uh, takeover event with her match with against Shayna Baszler, man, like she she's gonna be a big star, and she's got ath- she's her athletic acumen is off the charts. So yeah, I guess it was just an off night for both uh, athletes, but hey, you know, still fun uh, for what it was. Uh, next match we had uh, Mansoor, uh, aka uh, Dime Store Mustafa Ali, aka Dollar Store Seth Rollins, versus Jackson Riker. Of uh, the Forgotten Sons, one-on-one match. Uh, Mansoor uh, uh, was the jobber of that match, so uh, he he got pinned with the one, two, three. Uh, Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler uh, challenged the War Raiders to a tag team match, and so the War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe, came out. They put their uh, titles on the line. Of course, War Raiders are still the champions, but it's pretty cool, you know, seeing them come out. They have a badass entrance theme. Um, okay, Hanson's still doing that crazy shit that he's too damn big to be doing. Oh, Hanson does a cartwheel for a guy his size. Is like, man, hey, I want to see him in a in a one on one with Keith Lee. That would be interesting because Keith Lee's another big dude who does cruiserweight stuff. Yeah, Keith Lee got that one. Yeah, he, he got my foot on that one. Oh yeah. Um, uh, real quick, uh, Eddie Ortiz says that um, uh, Bel Air is still green. She needs time. I agree, but the ponytail needs to go. I agree. At some point, the ponytail does have to go. Um, a, a mask versus hair match, or hair versus hair, at some point. Uh, I think that will. I think that will happen. Yeah, because all that can't be hers. Yeah, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> I wanted to hear her whip the whip somebody with the ponytail just to, just to get that, just to hear it. But I think they'll save something like that for like a takeover or something. Oh yeah, just imagine the crack. <laughs> Uh, next match, um, we had Cassius Ono versus Ricochet. Uh, Cassius Ono, he came out admonishing the crowd, uh, you know, basically being bitter uh, about, you know, being a loser, basically the heel of the match, um, chip on his shoulder. Ricochet came out, beat him in just six a little... seconds. Was it six seconds? Yeah. Precisely? He's talking about like, oh, I can beat somebody in six seconds. I can beat this next guy in six seconds. It was Ricochet. So I'm like amped up, mm-hmm. about to see some cool shit from Ricochet. Yeah. And it was just a rollover. I said, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, what yeah. the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it was cool seeing Ricochet out there, and yeah, it was. It was a little disappointing that he didn't. He didn't break out the big stuff, the big guns, like the like the reverse 450 and all this. But you know, you can't break out the big guns for a house show. I mean, they gotta keep their keep themselves conditioned for the, like for the TV. Yeah, know? and that's what I figured. But I didn't want to see that. It was cool to see him and all that, but I was just like, God damn it, I really wanted to see some shit. Yeah, me too. Um, also, uh, next match, we had a, a tag team match, Sky Pirates, Io Shirai, and Kairi Sane versus Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir. Um, really cool, uh, really cool uh, match. Uh, seeing Io Shirai and uh, do, do her moonsault. Oh, God, that moonsault is so beautiful. Yep, Genius of the Sky, Kairi Sane with the insane elbow. Kinda. Kinda? I wanted to see that insane elbow in full effect yeah. off the top rope, just in its full glory, and we kinda got it. 
Yeah, I'll take what we can get live. <laughs> I mean, a, a yeah, live show. I'm not. Comp- I'm not complaining because it was, you know, it was still a fun time. You know, hanging out with the guys from the uh, wrestling fantasy warfare group. Yep. Shout outs to Kevin Lima, Mark Desmond, all all those guys, Lou, Steve, mm-hmm. all those guys. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It was great meeting y'all uh, in person too. Um, also, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir, um, they've got ample potential to improve. They're still green. Um, Jessamine Duke, uh, she does have a unique look to her, that, that tall, lanky frame that she can use uh, to her advantage in matches. Uh, Marina Shafir, I know she has a nose injury. She's wearing that face mask, which kind of gives her a badass aura. I could see her kind of like turning that into like part of her gimmick, maybe like a channeling uh big van vader maybe not maybe not the size but in terms of the visual of the mask that'd be pretty cool um, people with masks people with masks like that never really like work out really? cody oh yeah cody didn't work out well well i'll, I'll give I'll, i give cody credit because like he can turn he can make chicken salad out of chicken shit and he did that was his career in wwe um but uh, but yeah, like I said, these these two um they're still green, but they still have potential as long as they're under Shayna Baszler's tutelage and whoever's whoever else is going through uh going through with them in training. <laughs> and he put Roddy's baby mom. That's something that he said, and I just I don't know when he yelled that on this episode of the UWO podcast. I was freaking <laughs> dying. He's like, that's Roddy Strong's baby mama. Oh, Marina Shafir. Yeah. <laughs> And then we had the main event, NXT North American Championship, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling versus the Velveteen Dream Experience. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I got a little something about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, Johnny Gargano's music, I still just like, it, that shit is probably with somebody. That is the happiest theme music since Sami Zayn's. It is. I agree. Between <laughs> Sami Zayn, Becky Lynch, Johnny Gargano, and all-time Mick Foley. That shit's just happy. You just yeah. want to like clap and shit. Yeah, <laughs> pure baby face theme. Yeah, and all he, he and they their heels. Yeah, yeah. Gargano's more kind of like flirting with the tweener, the tweener. Becky thing. too. Yeah, uh, I, I'll say Becky's a full on baby face. She's got the Stone Cold uh, thing to her, but she's doing heel shit. Yeah, just like Stone Cold did. <laughs> Embrace the gray. Yeah. Embrace the gray. That's right. Uh, yeah, definitely a, a cool match. Um. A Velveteen Dream. Uh, mm-hmm. That that dude. That dude is just a a talented, talented man. Uh, I mean, it, it's scary. Like Triple H says, it's scary to to know how good he is at his age, twenty three. Yeah. And uh, when he came out, I was like, "Yes, talk oh, to him, man, Patrick." This dude. Okay, <laughs> I I recorded, I recorded a couple of entrances. Yeah, trademark. <laughs> <laughs> I recorded a couple of the entrances on my phone. Mm-hmm. I got to the dreams. Now I zoomed in, but I tried to zoom out because I saw this motherfucker just dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and I'm just like, yo, this dude's a little kid right now. I I was man, I, I was marking out. I was like, wow, there's the Velveteen Dream live, and it's awesome. Uh, and yeah, man, just seeing him and Gargano go at it was was definitely a, a solid display. Um, they were playing some mind games in the beginning. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, uh, there was one. There was one memorable memorable spot where uh, Gargano hit uh, Velveteen with the slingshot spear from between the ropes, and Velveteen like his he he like spit up a loogie that was visible from where we were sitting up in the suites. It, it did a perfect arch. I don't know if you saw that. 
like he did I saw a, some fly out. Yeah, yeah, he, it did a perfect arch over the rope, over the outside, and onto the front row. So somebody got hit. Uh, gross. I mean, you yeah. should have sent me that video. Did Vic, no, Vic did not wear the sunglasses. I think I, I thought I did. Send, I gotta send. I'll send it to you again. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, because Brian was like, "Please send me. You gotta send me Riddle and Dream. That's all yeah. he wanted. Mm-hmm. Riddle and Dream." Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the match ended. Uh, Tommaso Chan. Well, uh, uh, the referee got hit um, uh, accident- accidentally. That's when uh, Tommaso Champa came out. They both put the whooping on uh, Velvet Velveteen. Um, uh, I think I think at the end, Ricochet came out too. Uh, yeah, Ricochet. Yeah, Ricochet comes out. Yep. And then who else came out? Oh, then and then Ono came out. Yep. Attacked Ricochet. Mm-hmm. And then all you heard was. Bro, yes, and the place went nuts. That's right. Yeah, I'm man. like, fucking Brian should be here. <laughs> I was like, oh man, yeah, it would been great if he made if he was if he was able to make it. Then you wouldn't have been able to go. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But hey, I mean, and, and besides, like, this was my first wrestling event since Backlash 2001 in Providence. <laughs> really? I didn't yeah. even go to that one. Yeah. All right. Okay. My bad. My bad. I probably shouldn't have told him. He's like, "What the fuck, bro?" <laughs> but, but yeah, man. Uh, NXT Live. It was. It was pretty fun. Um, if it does, if and when it does come back into Ryan Center, I'll definitely uh, check it out again. I would really like us to get an NXT Takeover at the Dunkin' Donut Center. Not we're, happening. We're big enough. No, we're, we're not. We're big enough for a Takeover. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Come on, man. No, we're not. How are, how are we not big enough for a takeover? Because Boston is up the street. Oh, fuck Boston. I'm saying I like Boston. I don't like the sports teams, but I like yeah. Boston. I mean, you can you can have like your your main main roster pay per views in Boston. That's fine, but give us a takeover. Yeah, just, we're just not one. gonna get a takeover. Man, come on. We've had pay per views in the past. Yeah, but okay. Name a name a mainstream pay per view that we've had, not counting King of the Rings. Let's see. We've had backlash, like I mentioned before. Okay, wait. There's one. We've we've had other than King of the Ring. We've had one. May uh, like a May Classic Five. Oh, uh, oh, one of the classic five. One of the classic five. One of the classic five. Do we have a Do we have a Survivor Series at some point? Nope. No. Okay. It wasn't Survivor Series. SummerSlam. Nope. No, it was King of the Ring. Yeah, I said other than King of the Ring. But- uh, I mean, t- the way I see it, if it's a WWE pay-per-view, it's big enough. Royal Rumble 94. Oh, okay, yeah. Undertaker rules from the screen. Oh, I didn't the go to double that elimin- The double elimination. I didn't go either, but I watched it on TV. Okay. The double elimination from um, with, between uh, Luger and Brett. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that was us. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I'm trying to think. We've had Armageddon. We've had... We had a we had like two black backlashes actually because I went yep. to the second one where um, Edge got fu'd into the crowd. Mm-hmm. Quick note: Mike Kanellis was was in the crowd catching him. <laughs> nice. And um, and then Cena ended up getting speared into the spot into the spotlight. Oh, damn. Well, okay then. But uh. Yeah, I think yeah, but we never had other than that, other than Royal Rumble ninety four, we never had a class of five. So odds are we will not get a takeover. Nah, I'm gonna hold out hope. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the optimist on this one. You we're, optimistic? Yeah. Well, we're big enough for a takeover. I would love to have a takeover. 
Oh, we will. <laughs> no, we're not going to get it. We'll get one. We'll get one. Mark my words. We will get one. Uh, but yeah, NXT Live. Um, if you're able to catch it, if it comes around your area, definitely go. It's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Uh, Should have worn your dream shirt. I did wear my dream. Oh, no, for the for the episode, show. I'll save it. Was it. a cool shirt. It was a cool shirt. It is a cool shirt, but I'm gonna save it for the next uh, wrestling themed uh, uh, show when we have the UWO back with us. Um, That'll be fun. Oh yeah. And uh, before, and now we're at the midpoint of the show, so uh, we'll give a quick shout out to our sponsor once again, Studio Regent Headphones. Yes, high quality headphones, high fashionable custom. Custom headphones, yes. Studio quality, studio quality. I'm getting my words all twisted up. Mm-hmm. You've been taking them over lately, with that. <laughs> but yeah. Hopefully, you guys, if you're listening on your phones, you can listen to us, our smooth, buttery like voices, right. on a pair of studio headphones. Right. They'll sound even better. All you gotta do is go to studio.com and use the promo code Codex Podcast to get 15% off. And as always. Free shipping in the USA. Brian said it with you, by the way, in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I see you. Uh, am I too late for the free crack? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um, anything else on your end? Nah, that's it, man. I'm just... All right. Well, I had a, had a few other few other things that uh, that caught my eye. Any see this film recommendations you posted on Twitter? Uh, yes, uh, I did post High Flying Bird, which I reviewed earlier. Um, I also posted uh, two documentary recommendations. Uh, one called Faces Places. Faces Places. Yes, it's a really cool film. It's a, it's about um, uh, the the legendary French director Agnes Varda and uh, this uh, young uh, French uh, photographer named Jr. And they're traveling across like many villages and towns in France. Just taking pictures of people and then posting their images on big mur- colorful murals. It's pretty dope. It's a pretty cool, uh, pleasant, happy uh, documentary. Okay. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, is it on Netflix? I think it's on either Netflix or Hulu. I, I know because I know it's, I caught it on one of the streaming platforms. But check out Faces Places and also check out another documentary which I reviewed on the podcast uh, a while ago called Rat Film. Rat film. Yes, uh, it's a documentary. Um, um, it's take pla- it takes place in Baltimore. Yeah, um, yeah it's about um, it, it explores the city's uh, not only the city's rat problem, but it also explores like like people owning rats as pets, and then um, and then it kind of um, explores like some broader um, themes of uh, gentrification, and then rezoning, redlining, and how that affected Baltimore. And it parallels that with like uh, some experiments involving rats. Uh, there's one. Uh, there's one gentleman in the film uh, named Edmund, who's like this uh, rat catcher, professional rat catcher in Baltimore. He's like an older guy who kind of muses about life and his job. And a guy named Edmund is a professional rat catcher. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny to me. Yeah, it's 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 a dope film. Uh, rat film. Check that out. It's a really interesting documentary. In Baltimore. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of Baltimore, I gotta give a big, I gotta give a big shout out to this person. Um, she's actually a cousin of mine. Shout out to my cousin Joanna Ford. Mm-hmm. I actually learned just yes, she's been like on the Broadway tip recently, oh. and I recently just found out that she's part of the ensemble cast of The Lion King. Right on. Yeah, I'm amped about that. Nice. Like so, Lion King, the, the the Lion King Broadway play. Okay. 
Right now. Like, she's touring as of right now as we speak. That's awesome. How do you guys like Apex Legends? I've been asking around about that, and shout out to my cousin Jordan. He's He told me to get on that. I think that's gonna be supposed to be like the next Fortnite. Mm. Yeah, I've heard Hopefully a lot of... Hopefully with no corny dances that kids <laughs> won't do. Oh, my God. Those ki- that, these dances. I'm so done with these dances. Oh, I know the floss was done to death. <laughs> like, it's... It was to the point, okay, earlier this month, I DJed, a, not last month, I uh, DJed a Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is this is how much times have changed now. Okay. So everybody, you know, was having a good time and stuff. I'm doing my thing. All the girls danced in circles amongst each other. Okay. And all the guys mm-hmm. literally sat all, of, they stood and sat all along the walls. Mm-hmm. Either on their phone or do, phones or doing Fortnite dances. Really? Yeah. Now back in my day, <laughs> yeah, I sound like an old ass cool uncle or whatever, but we all used to dance with each other. That really <laughs> got me. I'm still yes, yes, Imani. I'm still pissed about that. Like I really can't believe that. <laughs> I mean, you know, the times change. Let the kids have their fun. No. How they have they their fun. In- they're not interacting. Whose fault is that? <laughs> it ain't ours. Oh, yeah, it is. How is that our fault? Yeah, you know, we don't forget if smartphones came into prominence in the mid 2000s, who we were using smartphones. But well, guess what? We still got, well, yeah. I, you damn, you started using a smartphone four years ago. Yep. The same smartphone. Damn right. I'm ready for my upgrade. You need to. Damn. Yes, I'm an old head. But, um, yeah, I sound just like an old head. But if you see this shit, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, <laughs> guys, they're not interacting with each other. You need to learn to be in the room instead of just... They're probably talking to each other through text. Yeah. Yeah. Dude's <laughs> from one end of the room and the girl's on the dance floor. I mean, you know, I mean... I'm having sex with clothes on, pretty much, yeah. Oh, that's not that's, that's over the line. But uh, I was going to say, you know... Did you danced at a high school dance before like carl don't be lewd but nobody's being lewd i'm just saying that's literally how we were but you know kids kids are at that awkward age already you know it's you know you know how hard it is to talk to somebody at that age especially especially a girl that you might like or may have some feelings for so of course you know you know if if you're in that if you're in that awkward zone you get you have a communications device in your hand it's like okay easy to text rather than just express how i actually feel like like the old school method, talking face to face. Well, I have a phone in my hand. I'll just do that and just instead. And that way I can look cool because I have the latest phone in my hand. That's probably what they're thinking. No, no, you, you just got it. That's how you actually gain the woman's interest you, when you show confidence. Did you lack that? I'm, uh, this isn't about me. This is about this is about this is about whatever old head get off my lawn rant you were going. <laughs> Listen, I'll be an old head, but damn it, yo, that's missing. And I heard that happens a lot in clubs nowadays where grown folks be going. Yeah, well, that's sad. It is, that is sad. It is sad, but you know, man, clubs clubs by nature are always a sad place to go to. I mean. It depends on if you're at our age. Yes, I'll, I'll do lounges. lounges. I'll do lounges and bars and stuff. I'll go to one any day of the week. Yeah. The club, I was pretty much done with them by by the time I was like twenty five, and even then, I kind of started going at like sixteen. Yeah, 
Yeah. Shout outs to Barry's back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, damn. Good times. Yeah. I've been I've been to a few clubs in, in my in my time. I'm like, okay, I I see why they're why people like them, but not my thing, not my speed. But I ain't knocking it. Uh, cool drinks though. Yeah. Uh, but uh, speaking of speaking of things that that makes me want to reach for a drink, um, have you seen the latest Aladdin trailer? <laughs> um, that it laugh indicates that I'd have. Now, now everything was cool. Everything was cool. I like the I like the cast. I like the costumes. I like the fact that they cast actual Middle Eastern descent actors in these roles. Yeah, is what and it wasn't disrespectful, right? Until until we see for the first time live footage of <laughs> Will Smith's genie. <laughs> I have I oh have... the memes the memes the memes oh the memes yes um I saw posts on Twitter saying describing it as pure nightmare fuel um somebody superimposed uh, Will Smith's genie on Jack Nicholson's face in The Shining where he busts down the door with the axe <laughs> um I actually I actually took time to pause the the image. Uh, as I was watching the trailer on YouTube, and I was just, I, and I took a few minutes to just stare at Will Smith's genie, and maybe it'll play better when as we watch the film. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm being optimistic about that, but what we got is hilarious. It's like it's comedy. It's comedy, and I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure not in the way Disney intended. Exactly. I'm like, wow, we are roasting this, and I'm loving it. Yeah, because it's like, okay, okay, so obviously Genie's a part CG character, right? Part CG, part live action kind of smashed yeah. together. But when I pause it, it, okay, so it had like it had like Will Smith's head, it looked real, but then his face looked CG. It looked like it was like superimposed onto onto his head. Kind of like one of those like bad comedy sketches you'd see on like a like a like Tim and Eric or like Mad TV, yeah, or like or like one of those like cardboard cutouts you see in carnivals where it's like a picture of like some wacky figure, then the face is cut out and he puts you stick your face, face, yeah, stick and he just it. painted Will's b- face blue and he's yeah. just, I'm the genie, <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like. Oh my god, like I'm just like, ooh, this better be. I'm still gonna go see it because I mean, yeah. it's a lot. Like, it's just gonna be like Aladdin's just gonna be the minor hit, and then Lion King's just gonna blow us out the water. That's yeah. what I'm going. That's what I'm actually predicting that's gonna happen. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think it'll. It might be. It might be a little closer, but I think Lion King's gonna make more money because of you know. Definitely gonna make more. Yeah, money. that's three generations. Of Lion King fans all in one theater. Yeah. Although, like, um, to be honest, I'm not 100% in love with the Lion King trailer. Because we didn't see anything. I'm not, I'm not 100% in love with the, with the concept of the Lion King, of, of a CG Lion, Lion King film, to be honest. And yes, I know it's from Jon Favreau, he was a, no. who did an excellent job with the Jungle, Jungle Book. But this Lion King, uh, do, uh, we, do we need it? Yeah. Well... Do we need it? No. Just like we didn't need all the other ones. Yeah. We did not need any of the live action ones. Yeah. We didn't need Beauty and Beauty and the Beast, but everybody seemed to love that. Well, it got some got some decent reviews from what I remember. I think I think Lion King will top. Actually, Matt, <laughs> I heard. Um, shout out to the party nerds. 
They actually have a bet going on. Mm-hmm. And AJ predicts that Lion King will actually do better than Star Wars. <laughs> damn, that, that, damn, episode nine does come out this year, right? Yes, December. Yeah, yeah, that's not gonna happen. I mean, Lion King will probably make a billion. No, I think I, it's possible because, like I said, not everybody's a Star Wars fan, right? But like I said, you got three—you got like three generations mm-hmm. of Lion King fans. Lion King is spanning three generations. You got okay, obviously us, yeah. We, we were the target audience back then, so mm-hmm. obviously our generation is going to want to see it. Right. Our parents who took us to the original. That's right. And, so, and enjoyed it themselves. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to see it. Mm-hmm. And obviously our generation, because we're getting older and we're all having kids and stuff, mm-hmm. we're going to want to take our kids to see it. Yeah. So that's literally three generations. That's going to make some bank. It is. It absolutely is. Um, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll give it a fair shake, but I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, it... they took out "Be Prepared," though. I'm highly upset about that. No, oh, that's that's too. Yeah, bad. they they took that song out to fill it to, and they put a Beyonce original song on there. Oh. In a way, because okay, Jeremy Irons back in the day, he sung "Be Prepared." Yep. Say his name. Uh, Chuatel Ejiofor. Thank you. Yeah. I don't think he probably sang worth a lick to even be able to carry that. <laughs> and probably. <laughs> but, uh... Victor just loves be having unpopular opinions, too. No, nah, I mean... It's not that I, don't, I love having unpopular opinions, quote-unquote. I mean, it's just some things just don't do it for me. Uh... Like I said, I mean, I explained why the Lion King kind of kind of has me concerned, but but the genie um, <laughs> raises a lot of concern. Yeah, <laughs> to the point where it's just funny to me. Yeah, um, I'm just hoping Aladdin turns out to be turns out to be very good. I hope the effects actually get work. better than what we get. <laughs> yeah, um, but Aladdin's got it's got it's got some things going for it, like cool costumes nice cast so hey we'll we'll see how it shakes out but um here's some other news that's also caught my eye um carl what do you think of coming to america it's my all-time favorite movie what would you think about a sequel to coming i already to know about it yes oh man we don't need it mm. am i gonna watch it of course because it's, I'm curious. I'm curious, but we don't need it. I agree. We don't need a sequel to Coming to America, but apparently, August it's, 7, 2020. It's happening. It's happening. Uh, Coming to America Part 2. Uh, it's going to be directed by Craig Brewer, who directed Hustle and Flow oh God, no. and Black Snake Moan. Oh God, no. Yeah, that guy. He's directing. Um, all all of the film's original cast is set to return. Um, surviving cast, rather. R.I.P. Matched and Claire. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I swear to God, this movie will be worth it mm-hmm. if we get a Randy Watson retirement performance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need a... 
See, now, I got to see if he's still good. <laughs> God damn, that boy good. Good. <laughs> mm-hmm. good and terrible. <laughs> Mr. Clarence got to be dead. Yeah. Oh, well, he's got it. Yeah. The barbers. Yeah, they oh, gotta be. They gotta be dead by now. They have to be because they was old then. <laughs> they were. If they are, they gotta be in a nursing home talking mad shit. Yeah, probably like in their nineties or something. <laughs> they gotta be because remember, Mister Clarence, mm-hmm. he got punched in the chest by Doctor Martin Luther the King. Oh, that's right, man. He ain't never met Martin Luther the King. I was like, I was, you better say his name. <laughs> I posted up a picture of Mr. Clarence and um, Martin Luther King next to each other, and it said, "Haters will say it's Photoshop." And I said, "That's right." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but you know, okay. So apparently, this is what this is uh, what I got from a uh, consequence of sound. Uh, they shed a little light on what the what the plot might be. Uh, so it says that all the film's original cast is set to return. Uh, Eddie Murphy is going to resume his role as Akeem, uh, the Zamundan prince, who's now in search of his long-lost son. So that's going to be the story for Coming to America Part 2. Uh, Kenya Barris, the creator of Black-ish, is rewriting the screenplay from the original writers, original film's writers, David Sheffield and Barry Blostein. Um... We, like I said, we will always have the original film. Let's try to judge part two on its own merits, even though we're extremely skeptical. I am very skeptical. Fifth agreement, fifth agreement, fifth agreement. Be skeptical, but listen. Yeah. But damn it, this one's hard. It's going to be hard. This one's hard. I am actually more, I am less skeptical about Aladdin yeah. than I am this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Like... Because um, the first film is a, it's a cl- comedy classic. It's quotable. Will this film have the same power uh, built over time? I'm not sure. Um, I, there's so many questions I have. Like, for example, will there be a song as good as Eddie Murphy's I Got It from the club scene? You know, what you want, I know I got it. What you need, you know I got it. God, you got That song is fucking great. You know, I have that on my Spotify. Do you? I do. I believe. You know what? I believe it. That song is dope, man. Um, will Will McDowell's make a return? Uh, or did it get absorbed by McDonald's? Did McDonald's sue them and close them out? I don't know. You know, that's a good question. There's so many questions. There is, like, there's so many questions. Did Louis Anderson's character move up from from lettuce? Yes. Did he move up to fries? Is he does he have his own franchise? Is he managing? It? Is he getting the big bucks? That's right. Is are the big bucks coming in for Louis Anderson? That's the question. What happened to Soul Glow, dude? Yo. Nobody's rocking Jericho's no more. Like, what happened to Soul Glow? That that's what I want to know. Like, did it get into the weave business? Yaki. Like, all did this. it? Is, did um, it move on from Jericho Juice? To, did it move on from Activator to actual like ethnic <laughs> hair care products? Oh my! Oh my God! I can see Eric LaSalle's character trying to sell that. <laughs> Dressing up like some hotep trying to sell soul. Oh my God! Us. Yeah, he still got, he has to still have the Jericho. Yo, just he has to be that one guy who's still holding on to that. <laughs> oh my God! Couches will be ruined everywhere. Oh my God! I mean, I want to see Jackson Heights own Randy, Randy Watson, Watson and Sexual Chocolate, Chocolate all over Spotify and Title. I want to see that. Yo, they gotta, they gotta be playing. They gotta be see. They gotta be old now. Yeah. So they gotta be. You know what? They gotta be stuck playing Legion halls. 
Yeah. <laughs> I want to see them playing Legion Halls. Oh my gosh. And Mr. Clarence in a wheelchair. Not Mr. Clarence. Um, not, uh, I never, they, they revealed his name, but I forgot what it is. Clint Smith's character. Yeah. And wait, I will look it up. Yeah, look it up. Um, oh my gosh. The, the, the Randy Watson sexual chocolate reunion world tour. At the Legion. Oh my it, gosh. It has to be at a Legion. Will he still sing? I believe the children are our future. Teach them well. well and let, let them, them lead, lead the way. way. Sure. <laughs> oh God, man! Samuel Jackson got to be in it. He's got to. Yes. He's got to. <laughs> we need to see the return of Samuel L. Jackson. You know, wasn't that his first movie role? That was. Yeah. Who the fuck is this Sam asshole? He's <laughs> refrained from using obscenities from these. Cooper Gooding Jr. has to be in it. Yep, he was the bo- he was the, the boy, boy getting, getting his haircut. haircut. Um, oh, may- maybe Sam Jackson's character, maybe he reformed his life, turned his life around. You know, <laughs> he goes to a church looking for his son, and Sam Jackson's a preacher, <laughs> <laughs> and he recognizes a key. Oh my God! Are, are you reading the Coming to America two? Uh... Yeah, that's what they should do. Oh, they find he goes to a local church. No, he goes to the church that Arsenio, Car- Arsenio Hall's character. Uh-huh. He's now like a deacon or something. Yeah. Arsenio Hall's character still preaches. Mm-hmm. Reverend Brown. Yeah. And Come on, I got to do it. There's a god somewhere. <laughs> oh, this fucking movie. It's my oh. all-time favorite. Yeah. Oh, um, Zamunda Forever? Will we see more of Zamunda? And will it take its visual cues from Black Panther's Wakanda? Oh, I don't know. Will Disney, will Disney get their lawyers on speed dial and sue the fuck out of... of, of... His name was Sweets. Sweets? Yeah. Okay. He's got to be in the, He's got to be at the Legion, okay. sitting, there, like, sitting in the wheelchair. Still, that boy's still good. <laughs> you must be crazy. Oh, man. Uh, oh, oh I, have, I have an idea. For, for a possible uh, plot element for, for coming to America too, right? So you'll see more of Zamunda. So the, they'll, 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 take, they'll take some visual cues from Wakanda, from Black Panther, right? And then, okay, here's a, here's, here's a good storyline. Michael B. Jordan returns as the son of Vanessa Bell Calloway's character, the woman that Akeem was supposed to marry, right? For control, and he's gonna fight Akeem's son okay, for control right. of the Zamundan <laughs> no, throne. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> no. Is this your king? He, he can't play Killmonger twice, <laughs> unless you know they resurrect Killmonger. He could been re- resurrected in the comics many times. Oh my god! Oh my god! Paul Bass has to sing "She's Your Queen." Yes, yes. No, his name is Oha. Yep. He gets rich. Mm-hmm. He becomes a singer. Ah, okay. a one-hit wonder. Yep. Basically off of that song. Okay. I'll take it. I will take it. Yeah. And and, and we gotta have somebody curate the soundtrack. Maybe uh maybe Just Blaze? No, <laughs> I was listening to some old Petey Crack earlier. So. <laughs> maybe Kendrick Lamar can curate a new soundtrack. He's not <laughs> Ludwig Gorenson. Yeah. Why not? Let him do the score. Shit. He just got an Oscar. I mean he just got a Grammy. Oh, right on. Good for you. Yeah, I, I figured you would have. This would have been on your radar. Well, I don't pay attention to the Grammys. That's why. He won a Grammy 
Oh, for the Black Panther score? No. For what? This is America. Ah, that's right. As a matter of fact, I think that song won like four. Oh, awesome. Right on. Good. That, that I figured is... that you would at least catch that headlines. Nah. I, since I, speaking, you know, you did an entire Victor's Corner on This Is America. I know. But like I said, I don't pay attention to the to the Grammys. Yeah, I figured, I know, but I figured like the headline would have came across you. Hmm. Like if you knew about Cardi B winning one. Hmm. Oh, all right, whatever. I, I didn't see that. I didn't see the, uh, that. Yeah, but, honestly, the only time I really catch the, my, I really watch the Grammys for is like, you know, obviously best hip hop album or best R and B album. The, I always like the trip, and I like this at the Oscars too when they do the tribute to everybody that we lost throughout the year. Yeah, I always like those. Yeah, and then they do like whatever tribute. Like I remember, like this year they did Aretha Franklin. Last year they did, um, I want to say it was Chester Bennington. Mm-hmm. They actually did something for him. Okay. Yeah, but. Nice. Oh god, that's coming too. But we gotta get because we gotta get ready for UW. Whoa. Yeah, we we they're do. getting ready to go on live, and I'm excited for those bro- for our brothers. Yeah, me too. So yeah, coming to America too. Like I said, be very skeptical, <laughs> but listen, and uh, you know, hey, Sheree Headley is still fine though. She does look good. She actually did an episode of um, the Steve Harvey Show. Mm-hmm. And they were like dressed, you know, it was a Halloween episode. Yeah. Her and Vanessa Bell Calloway mm-hmm. and Steve Harvey dressed up as Akeem. Yep. They all wore their same clothes from the sh- from the movie. <laughs> nice. And they look exactly the same. Hey, black don't crack. Sure the hell doesn't. Yeah. Not all the time. There's, some, there's been some crack black moments. <laughs> Can't win them all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh... That's all I got on my end. Oh, real quick, though. SmackDown Live, big shouts to Kofi Kingston. Give Kofi the chance. 70 minutes. Yo, gauntlet match beat Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy. Um, I think there's one more. No, then he, then he fought AJ Styles, and then AJ Styles beat him. But, yo... That moment where Kofi was just tired and just winded, and Styles Styles was like taking pity on him. He's like, "Yo, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this, man." And then Kofi just shoves him, and he's like, "Nah, man, I've been at this for too long. Eleven years. Let's do this." I felt that. Eleven. I'm gonna watch it again. I'm gonna get my when I get my Hulu back. I'm gonna watch it again. Eleven years, yo, Kofi Kingston for WWE champion. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. That's all I got to say. Okay. Man. So let's move on to this week's question of the week. So last week's question in order of uh, in in honor of um last of um tomorrow's uh holiday which is Valentine's Day. Word. Oh, now it's word. Yeah. A couple of years ago you were just like, oh, "Who cares about what you guys were doing on this Hallmark holiday?" Now this year it's word. Yeah. Change, man. <laughs> Change. I said word last year. No the hell. I did. Yeah, I can't remember last year. Yeah, I mean before before you know uh, before I got into a, a loving relationship, um, I always said Valentine's Day is here. Bah humbug. Can't stand him. Yeah, bah humbug. <laughs> hey, shut up! You shut your face. You know I was bitter, but now Valentine's Day, it's cool. I like it. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, this so last week's question was, who is your favorite TV couple? Okay. Yep. Okay. So uh, our resident supervillain John Aponic said. Pam Beasley and Jim Halpert from The Office. Okay. Which I definitely agree with. And uh, 
Freak Nasty D. <laughs> For all the names, he had to use that. This was actually one that should have been my... This was a highly... This is a couple that does not get his due. Okay. Said in Levita from the Steve Harvey show. Yo. <laughs> good choice. Seddy. Hey, Eddie Bob. <laughs> Very good choice. Yeah. So uh, that was a good one. I'm like, wow. I did. I can't believe I didn't think of Sad in Levita. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't think about them until I was creating the uh, picture for the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, on our Facebook, Mark, Mark Feinstein, he went back and he said, Ward and June Cleaver. Mm-hmm. From Leave It to Beaver. Okay. On Dina Canto said Janet Jackson and Tupac in Poetic Justice. Word. Brian Lucia said Corey and Topanga. Right on. And uh, former host of the show. Yeah. Aris Tejeda says Michael and Kit, bro, no question. <laughs> Michael and Kit? From Knight Rider. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Of course. That's the quintessential couple right there. All right. And then uh, I see uh, Kyle put Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv. Question. Mm. Which Aunt Viv? Light skin or dark skin? Got to go with dark skinned. Yeah, dark skin was the truth. I did like light skin. Yeah. Light skin was fine. Light skin was fine. Like, she was a pleasant character. But the but Janet Hubert's version. She would. Yeah, she meant business. Yeah. yeah. But, um. So yeah, this week's uh this week's question of the week. Yeah. And shout outs to Brian Lucier for actually inspiring this one. Okay. What is your favorite song from a video game? Ooh. Favorite song from a video game. Dang, okay, okay. Uh I'm gonna go with a recent one. Uh, D'Angelo's Unshaken from Red Dead Redemption 2. I've been meaning to ask you the name of that. Yeah. Because I wanted to look it up. I will probably have to say, now this is hard. I did. I said specific song because we already covered soundtracks and Streets of Rage 2 got that. Yep. Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog is either one or two. The, the first level, the emerald. Oh, what the fuck was, was it? The Green Hill Zone. Because the Green Hill Zone was the first level in the first game. Do, 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 do. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, Green Hill Zone. Yep. Just classic. Mm-hmm. And Kyle goes jigglypuff. <laughs> Was you even able to? Hear, you couldn't hear that on a Game Boy Color back in the day. Yeah, you kind of had to imagine how it would sound lyrically. (laughs) Yeah. Sonic's Green Hill Zone. That's mine. Classic. But anyway, that'll be on our social medias within a day or two. Um, Tell us where you can find us. Yeah, you can find uh, Codex Prime all over the the YouTubes, all of our live episodes, as well as SoundCloud iTunes, give us that five-star review, uh, Google Podcasts, and Google Play. Um, and also, uh, you can catch us on social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Twitter, at Codex Prime Cast, and Instagram. At Codex Prime Podcast. Yes. Twitch. Yes, Twitch. And we already covered YouTube. 
Yeah, we good. Yeah. Pretty much everywhere, man. So uh tweet so tweet at us, leave us a comment here in the chat or at the bottom of this episode, uh once it's done. Um yeah. That's that's where pretty much we're at. So yeah. anything else? Any other get ready to check out them UWO boys on their UWO podcast live right on Facebook Live. Yes. Just like their page, UWO Podcast on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And get them shovels ready because it's gonna be a doozy. That's right. Yo, um the first ever live episode of the UWO podcast. Uh Brian Lopes, Kyle Chapman, Eddie Ortiz, 10 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. Face out the park, boys. That's right. And uh yeah, that does it for our show. So uh thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for uh chatting it up with us here. Uh tune in next week. Uh we'll get into a little bit of some wrestling talk on our own. Talking about uh Elimination Chamber next Sunday. You can dabble on that. I do I gotta check out that fire that fire documentary. I've been wanting to talk about that one for a while. Oh yeah, fire. Um I'll actually I'll actually review the Netflix one uh, for next week, and if I have time to watch the the Hulu one, I'll I'll dabble in that as well. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna try it. That's gonna be my goal for this week. Yeah, yeah. The Fire documentary on Netflix is definitely yeah, worth I heard, it. I heard a lot of talk about that one. I want to get into that. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. One. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. So as always, you can catch us on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.